0: the door behind you you're now in the green room hey everybody welcome to another episode of the green room i'm in the green room today with the legendary jonathan Foga. <laughs> ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice what, one what's going on boss i'm here i'm here i'm here
1: finally here.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's a it's a pleasure to have you in the green room with me today. Um, you've you're in the Lucian Musicians arena as well. Um, I've had the pleasure of featuring you on the Lucian Musicians platform a couple of times. Um, you know, and I must say you're a very talented bassist. I really appreciate your approach to the instrument. Um, I appreciate your sound. Um, and so yeah, I'm really happy and excited about the conversation we're going to ha- be having today
1: it's a pleasure to be here and i always appreciate the support you guys are amazing you know so it's really nice to have a page like that where you can just showcase the talent in the caribbean because we got a lot of it so
0: yeah man it's it's overflowing man like uh, i tell you every single day because i try to keep a cadence of uh posting in the mornings and the evenings um And there's never one day when I wake up and I say, "Oh gosh, boy," but I uh, really have nothing to post. You know, they have nobody I could really feature today. That does not happen. It has never happened <laughs> uh, because we 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 overflow with talent in the Caribbean, and um, we're very talented people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. Um. First off, when I when I discovered you in my Lucian Musicians' Journeys (laughs) for social media. (laughs) Uh, I saw a little bit about, um, is it Edna Manley College? Yeah, Edna Manley,
1: Edna Manley College.
0: Yeah, what can you tell me about that place?
1: All right, so Edna Manley is a school that is made just for the performing arts and not just music alone, but We have a dance school on the campus we have a drama school we have an art school and it's just the school's main focus is to nurture the talent in jamaica and around the caribbean because we do have international students and just kind of help people discover who they are and just help them to build on their craft
0: yeah oh wow man that sounds like that sounds like a dream come true uh for a lot of folks right there um uh, and I wish I wish we had an institution like that uh, in St. Lucia and uh, more of those institutions across the region for sure. Um, how did that institution come about? Was it government sponsored or was it a uh, private uh, person or what?
1: Um, well, the school was actually founded by well, the namesake of the school, which is like, no Manly. <laughs> Right. She kinda she kinda founded the school. So yeah.
0: Okay, who who is that? Who's Edna Manley? Well, Edna Manley is somebody very
1: iconic in Jamaica for a lot of reasons actually. But the main thing was her love of art. Like she just loved the art. Mm-hmm. So I guess out of her love for it she just came up she just thought let me just create this school to that help the upcoming generation owning on their talent.
0: So. Okay. Yeah, hey, cool. Well, shout out to Edna Manley. <laughs> she had a profound <laughs> yeah. profound effect uh, on the entire region just by uh, uh, founding that institution right there. Um, yeah, man. So l- let's dig into you a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, the fogus story. Let's talk about the Fogas story. Uh, the Jonathan story. Um, how did you uh, become the basis that you are today? How did you get started on this journey? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, well, so growing up, I was always involved in music because I was born into a musical family. So mm-hmm. music was always a part of me. I actually started out as a lot of musicians as a drummer. <laughs> as a drummer <laughs> from the age of six. And then it wasn't until back in 2015 I actually made the switch to Now, how that happened was in the Christmas of 2014, there was this big gospel concert that I was keeping at this place. And my father was like, Yo, John, come with me. And I was like, Where are we going? He's like, We're going to this concert. And I see him packing this old amp he has in the car. He's like, Daddy, where are you going with the amp? that he's lending it to a friend who's playing at the concert. And so I go there and I don't know I was just watching this guy play the bass and I was like this is pretty cool. <laughs> and so after that we had this old four string at the house and I used to just start fiddling around with it. I didn't even know how to play a major scale yet till I was on YouTube trying to learn solos by Abraham laboria like I knew <laughs> everything about the bass and then it's like my father realized i was taking interest in it and so one day this big fedex van shows up outside the house and i was like what's going on my father brings in this huge box and inside it was a brand new five string okay he bought for me and so i just never looked back from then
0: all right all right so you you did say that you were from a musical family so what, yeah. what, 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 like, how, how exactly is your family involved in music? Um, well, my father
1: is a singer, songwriter, slash pianist. My okay. mother is actually a music teacher. She teaches at the primary school over here in Jamaica. Um, he's a singer as well and a pianist as well. My brother is a drummer. I mean, a lot of people in my family are musicians or singers. So. Hmm.
0: And do you know how far back that started? Because I'm always I'm always very interested when people come from musical families. Like, is it uh, like your great, great 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 grandfather? You know that uh, was a musician, and you know it all just came down to.
1: Um, well, from the stories I've heard of those generations, my great great mm-hmm. grandfather and those people, yeah, it just been in our family for years. Like, if you were a musician, you were a singer. Or you were both.
0: All right. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that That's a gift right there because I've always admired that when people come from musical families because uh, for some, some of us who don't, um, and for me, I think I'm kind of a hybrid because uh, folks in my family sing and so on. Um, but uh, for people who come from a background where the people in your family are not as musical as you are. There are sometimes there's things you might hear or there's ideas that you have, or there's even things that you might play. And then there's nobody around you to appreciate these things, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. You know? Uh, So yeah, uh, that's a real gift right there, man. Um, So in addition to, coming from a musical family, is your background uh, musically also uh, religious? Because uh, I noticed that, you know, you play for a lot of worship events. Um, there's one of my favorites that you share with us in the arena sometimes. Um, he, you could say it's religious. I mean, I was
1: born into a Christian family. And mm-hmm. I was born into the church. So yeah. when I was a little kid, all I knew was God. And so, growing up, he has been a very central part of my life and my musical journey. So, I tend to draw more to the worship style music and the worship style performances. I mean, I do other genres, but mainly I'm a gospel musician.
0: Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Tell me a little. Tell me a, bit, a little bit about the. Um... There's this uh, Worship vesper I think it is, that you play for with um, Wig, um, Wigman. John Mike Wigman? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that, man. I, I, look at, I look at the videos when you share them in the arena. And uh, yeah, it's a vibe. Uh, you guys do a really good job. I like the band that you guys have together playing there. Um, what, what can you tell the listeners about that uh, event there? um about the
1: event itself.
0: Yeah, well anything you want to say about it.
1: Um, well, that particular video that I posted was it was for a online crusade that Sherwin Gardner was keeping mm-hmm. recently. And so he had asked John Mike because Sherwin and John Mike have they have a relationship where they told totally him to know each other from old time. And so Sherwin asked John Mike if he could do a set for the crusade. And he said, sure. So John Mark comes in our group and John Mark's like, yo, we got work to do. <laughs> and everybody's just like, time and place because, you know, COVID time, everybody kind of missed being in the studio and getting to just vibe with one another. So when he said, yo, we got work to do, everybody was just, we got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to a local studio that we used this is called Crosslink Studio, run by our good friend, Dexter Johnson. And you just, you spent like the first, There was a two-hour rehearsal. So we spent the first hour running through the set. And then the second hour, we recorded it.
0: All right. Now you said a local studio that you guys used. Uh, where, where are we talking about? What location in Jamaica are we talking about here?
1: Um, that would be in the Kingston in the kingston region but for anybody that knows kingston it's in the crossroads region
0: okay all right yeah, yeah man uh yeah so i definitely want to uh, encourage y'all to keep keep uh, keep that content coming uh, y'all y'all sound really good uh, i'm excited to see where that goes i actually had a similar idea to do something similar in saint lucia which is where i'm based now um and uh, yeah, who knows? We'll see how that goes. It's still just an idea for now. Um, but, you know, i I like to work. Yeah, let's see see if it can happen. Um, right now I see you holding a bass on your lap.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was actually practicing and then the reminder came up on my phone. And I was like, I don't have time to put it up. So I just keep
0: it. <laughs> Man's at work, but grinding. (laughs) Yeah, but but what kind of bass is that? Tell us a little bit about about it.
1: Well, this is my second ever bass. This was the first one I actually bought. And it's a Squire by Fender, a Squire vintage modified 70s jazz bass. Um, People call it the, the bargain bass. Uh, the bargain version of like defender jazz yeah those people
0: don't it's know what like half
1: the, about. Price. It's half yeah. the <laughs> price it's half the price it's half the price,
0: but it it has so much quality right yeah so much quality yeah. in the squires I, I I'm not here for the people that try to um talk <laughs> down to the squire man yeah I, I'll go to war for the squire I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's an amazing bass. Ever since I got it, I've just been carrying it everywhere. I just like, like, first of all, how it looks. is awesome. And then the tones you can get from it. It's pretty nice. And For for a passive bass, it really packs a punch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, I used to have a Squire Jazz um, back in the day. And... um, through a story that I told to Keen Jules or Kian Jules, um, I, I always mess up his name. But uh, I, I actually uh, lost that bass, and I, I got a ESP LTD um, six string. Uh, you've probably seen her around. It's a people tend to buy that bass a lot. I see that bass all over, yeah. um, and um, I have a Sire um, V seven. Um, yeah, as well. So the Psy is really what yeah, the Psy is what I use the most. <laughs> I haven't I haven't done anything with the L T D for a while, you know? But um I'm probably going to try to play a little cover or something with the L T D maybe next month or later this month or something. Um yeah, man, but definitely, yeah. Um the squire is a good choice, uh, really really good bass. Uh what do you think about Lakelands or Lachlan however you say it.
1: um well from what I know of them they're really nice bases I mean I've never used one no wait I used one once and that was when I went to Toronto and I met up with my my bro up there Jamal mm-hmm. and he has like a ton of Lachlan bases <laughs> and so I went to this church that he was playing at and I tried it out there and it was a really nice bass. So for me, it's really nice. I like the tone you get from them. And then the design is really nice.
0: All right. Uh, have you ever heard um, Thaddeus Johnson?
1: Thaddeus Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> what do you think yeah. of his tone? Man. I just.
1: I'll leave it at this. I really just appreciate that kind of tone and just like when you're able to just like make a tone that really stands out to people
0: All right
1: it credit is due, All
0: right yeah th- there was this whole thing on social media of people asking him like what what did what did you do to the electronics what did you do to the the pickups you know what did you do to this what did you do to that uh, <laughs> <laughs> to get your tone uh, <laughs> I think that's, a, that's really a mistake when people say that too, because uh, there's a vast amount of your tone that comes from right here, uh, right, right, right in your hands, right? True. Um, True. But of course, there, there is a, a small amount, a much smaller amount that does come from your electronics, does come from your, um, your setup of, and the type of bass that you're playing, the wood you're using, and so on. Um, have you made any modifications to your squire?
1: Um, no, it is completely stuck. It is right. completely stuck. All right, all right.
0: Do you, do you intend on making any modifications or are you satisfied with what you have?
1: Um, I mean, the only thing I would probably do to it is put in a preamp, but I probably might not. The only reason I do that is because a lot of times when I go to certain places, depending on who's mixing, like who's engineering, Engineer will be like, yo, can you turn up the bass some more? It's, it's too quiet and stuff. <laughs> In Jamaica, you know, we like we like the bass to be you know pungent.
0: Right.
1: So, so I mean, that's the only thing I'd probably do to it. But the only reason I do not, the only reason I haven't decided on if I'm going to do it is because I have a equalizer pedal that I use sometimes, a boss EQ that I use. So I use that to get an extra punch sometimes. So. I'm still in the air about it because I like how it is right now. It's like just stock. So.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, man. There's, there's nothing that says you, you have to come out of the stock. Um, wait, did I lose sound?
1: Uh, Yeah, you kind of chipped out a bit, but you came back now.
0: Okay. um, So ain't nothing wrong with stock, man. Um, nah. Yeah. So... Tell me me a little bit about who you admire musically. Um, I know, because here's the thing. I'll tell you, when when I'm scouting for Lucian (laughs) musicians, I see a lot of uh, content every day. I see a lot of musicians. And there are some names that I see in some random places, like you'll be looking at somebody all the way in California. You'll be looking at somebody all the way in France and you'll see some names underneath. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Uh, <laughs> and your name is one of those, man. You, you, I've seen your name under some musicians that I would not expect you to know, or some people that I know that I didn't know that you knew, and stuff like that. Uh, so who are some people that you admire um, that you'd like to share with us?
1: Um, well, well, as I was telling you earlier, growing when I just started my whole journey, my favorite bass player at that time was Abraham Laborio. Like, he was just the guy, you know. <laughs> like His his solo in ancient days was literally the first thing I learned from B. Before I even knew how to play a major scale, that was the first thing I learned from B. And I just always respected him. I just loved how he was just enjoying himself every time he plays. Because, you know, Abraham's not a guy to sit still when he's playing. Right. So, I mean, there's him, um, obviously Vic, you know, Victor, real awesome guy, yeah. real humble guy too, and just full of so much knowledge. And then you have the modern guys too, like you have Frank,
0: you got well, Snoop. Hold on, you, you, for Victor there, you said a real humble guy. The way you were describing it, it kind of sounded like you haven't met him in person, have you?
1: Well, I haven't met him in person, but I have been um, blessed enough to sit in a class with him and learn from him um, okay. virtually. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. How was that? It was awesome because a lot of people, like when they're keeping masterclasses like that, you tend to find that the way how they explain things, it's just for the instrument they play. But no, nah, not with Vic, like, when I looked through the class, there were drummers in there, there were keyboard players in there, there were even vocalists in there, and it's like everybody was getting something from what he's saying, because he just had so much knowledge, and the way how he shares it with you, it was just incredible.
0: Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, when I was talking to Fia only a month, about two months ago, uh, she said exactly the same thing. Uh, and so... Uh, you're even adding even further credibility to what she shared with us when she um, told us about um, her experience with Victor as well. Uh, But sorry for cutting cutting your shot. You were mentioning Frank and some other more modern bases as well.
1: Yeah, I was talking about Frank and Snoop and obviously Justin Reigns and a few other guys. And then a lot of the – I tend to – while those guys mean a lot to me, you have a lot of local bass players down here who – I really look up to. Yeah.
0: yeah, guys like who? I know I might not know them personally, but you can give them a shout out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, for instance, you have people like Carlton Jai who plays for our local artist, Jermaine And, Edred.
0: Mm-hmm. and I've, I've, have, I've heard of Jermaine, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you have a bass player by the name of Ron Mattison, who plays for Kevin Downswell down here. So There's actually a lot of guys like if I start naming them, I'd, I'd probably pick up the whole chat. So. <laughs> <laughs> they know themselves.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah, man, and there's this guy who, while you were talking, I just remembered him. He, I think he's the MD, and I might be wrong on whether he is the MD, but he definitely plays for DJ Nicholas or used to play for DJ ah, Nicholas. Ah, Carl Gibson.
1: Yeah, Carl yes. Gibson. Carl Gibson.
0: Yeah, I I love his approach to the instrument, man. Um, yeah, Kyle Gibson is I, a
1: Kyle's yeah. like a Jamaican veteran when it comes to gospel music.
0: All right. Uh when you say a veteran, what what did he do before?
1: Like well, there was a time when in Jamaica, like in Jamaica you can see like when when um like when the generations changed over like one minute you're seeing this band everywhere and the next minute you're seeing this band everywhere. Carl Gibson was a part of that band that you would just see at like every gospel show in Jamaica. Every gospel show. You'd just see Carl Gibson there with his bass, with his team, ready to just knock you out the park with some awesome music. And he inspired a lot of the guys nowadays. Like, if you mention Carl Gibson to so a lot of them nowadays bass players in Jamaica, but a lot of these guys that are into gospel, a lot of them will know who you're talking about.
0: All right. Okay. Yeah, that 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 sounds about right because he's a very talented guy. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, like, what is Jama- the Jamaican music culture like uh, for a musician? Well, what's it like in Jamaica as a musician, uh, a working musician there?
1: Um, well, I mean, being a musician in Jamaica is a very interesting, it's a very interesting journey because you have so much different types of musicians here. You got, you have obviously the gospel musicians, you have the guys that do reggae as their main genre. So a lot of guys like, for people like for instance, that play for like Capitan and all these people. And then you have the hotel musicians now who are, it's like they're a different set of people. <laughs> it's, like they're, it's like they're different. Like every set of musicians in Jamaica, you can see some form of difference from the other one. Like the gospel musicians are kind of different from the reggae guys. The reggae guys are different from the hotel musicians. And so it, there's a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, competition sometimes depending on where you are but not competition like bad competition but good competition like motivation and stuff and guys always pushing guys to be better so I thought being a musician in Jamaica is a really nice experience just because of the music and the culture.
0: Okay Um, now you mentioned all these different types of guys is it a situation where if you're, let's say, you're a gospel musician or you're a reggae musician, you can't like overlap into the other <laughs> genre.
1: Oh no, 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 no! You, you can overlap, but it's like depending depending on your background and depending on who you want to be, yeah. will will like you'll find yourself going along a certain path in Jamaica. So like mm-hmm. for instance, I'm mainly a gospel musician, but I will do a reggae show every now and then hotel work is kind of different because hotel work requires you full time at your job so you constantly be in the hotel at night playing for the tourists and entertaining people and that your that your lifestyle but no you can you can do whatever you want as long as you can handle the work you can do whatever you want
0: So what would you say your plans are? I know you're saying that you you lean in the gospel direction, but if if I let's imagine I were a genie, right, and I could grant you any wish <laughs> and to give you exactly what, what you want uh, for your career. What, what what would that look like for you? Well we're
1: saying exactly what I want. I'd I'd want to be at a place where, you know, you have your own studio. But at the same time, you're a professional musician in regards to your your touring and stuff. Because that's my goal. My goal is to get out there, get around the world, Mm -hmm. and really spread the name of Jesus, mostly, because that's what's important to me. Mm -hmm. And just have a good time, you know, meet other musicians from other places, build friendships, build connections, and just help to grow the whole music family. All
0: right yeah that 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 sounds really good to me man and and i know I know with your work ethic um and with your sound i i see i definitely see that in your future uh I remember earlier in the conversation that you mentioned um that you were in Canada um and uh you you played uh with jamal um was that a tour that you were on there, or were you there for some of them? Um, nah, I was there as a tourist. My Because okay. I have an aunt, she
1: lives in Toronto, and we went up to see her, and it's funny because the church that she goes to, Jamal plays there, so okay, that's where we met up, but nah, I was just there on vacation.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, it's a small world, man, because Jamal plays with my friend Liam. As well, yeah, I know Liam. Did you meet him while you were there? No, I didn't get to meet Liam. Okay, all right, but you just know him from like features yeah. and okay, yeah, man. And it's so funny yeah. how social media works because it's like you know all these people, but you don't really know them. <laughs> 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 everybody's connected via this social media thing but we're also not really connected you know so uh when it comes to Lucian musicians I really try my best to push the platform to uh connect people beyond just the fickle um you know feature on the page uh, beyond just uh maybe a like on a post um but towards more open discourse and actual connection um and that's that's a work in progress, and I'm committed to working in that direction for 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 a long time, and that's why we're here. We're <laughs> um, <Over> here. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, did you see Kiera's feature this morning? I did, and that is it's funny
1: because that's a video I watched like a lot of times when I first met Kiara. I was just so fascinated by her playing. So I just like went through her page just watching all the videos I could find. And I watched that video. and I was like, wow, this girl can really play.
0: Yeah, man. Kiera's is a bad girl, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I had a really good time talking to her on, um, what, what month was that? That was a few months ago. Uh, I think it was um, June. I think so. Yeah, I think it was June or May. Um we sat down and talked about a lot of stuff and she's a really cool person. Uh but yeah. I love I love that old gospel stuff. I, I love <laughs> that choir music. I lo- <laughs> hey man, I'm telling you. <laughs> that that choir music is that's my that's my thing right there. Um yeah. That's something-
1: school music is the place to be.
0: Yeah. Um have you ever heard of uh, Morgan Turner? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> if you saw if you saw that caption uh this morning I mentioned that um he was telling us about the old stuff, right? And um the way that happened was I was at at, at my college um where I, I used to play with Liam as we mentioned earlier, and um, uh, Jonathan Nelson came in um, to uh-huh. yeah play a concert, and t- Morgan Turner was playing behind him. And um, after you know, as musicians would always do, we walk up and <laughs> you know we just chatted with him, and uh, we just asked him like, "Hey man, you know, like what what sort of advice would you?" I think I was the one that asked it because I always have a big mouth, you know. <laughs> so, i was like hey man uh what what sort of advice would you offer us uh, something that we can work on and get better and he was like hey man just learn the old stuff learn learn the old stuff um and i found that to be good advice um because now to get your opinion on this sometimes and i hesitate to say this because this is a very controversial statement here you know Sometimes,
1: uh, okay, here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sometimes the older stuff is a lot more uh, meaty, it's a lot more challenging than um, the, some of the new directions that, particularly, gospel music is going in. Um, because I'm kind of in your stream, I'm, I'm very much more of a, a gospel worship musician than I am uh, anything else. Uh-huh. Um, and that's kind of been my experience. What do you think about that?
1: Well, to be honest, me and you actually share the same view on the, the matter because I always tell people, like, if people, if people come to me and people are like, yo, can you recommend some music that I should listen to to like, help my playing? I'll always send them to old school. Like I'll send them to old school Fred, Back in the day, Kirk, you know Brooklyn Tabernacle, all these people. Because the music in those days, yes, it was. Yes, it had arrangements, but you could feel the music back in the day more. Like for instance, I mentioned Fred. If you have you ever watched the Radical for Christ video on YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. That concert. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Man,
1: like when they're doing um, Let the Praise Begin, that right. was one of the nicest grooves I've ever heard. Like, it just makes you want to move. And yeah. I'm not saying that nowadays music is bad, you know, and I'm not saying that nowadays Fred is bad or anything. I don't want anybody to get me wrong on that yeah. because, you know, Red Camp is doing their thing. You know, Frank <laughs> is doing their thing. Dilo, Mark, all of them doing their thing. But I just feel like Old school music, in terms of connecting with you, hands down, yeah, it reaches, it reaches way deeper.
0: Right. So I I have a couple of theories here, um, just swimming around in my head. One of them is that part of the reason the music has uh, dropped slightly in potency is because uh, labels labels realize that a hit. Is normally like yeah. a three or four chord song. <laughs> 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 right? So you think about like your cornerstone. I hope it does nothing less. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's only three or four chords. And the thing is, I had this uh, yeah, man. I had this um this worship leader who I'm am good friends with, who I should uh hit up because I haven't spoken to him for a while. But this worship leader told us because he would lead for uh uh congregations that weren't all black, so you know sometimes when you lead for a congregation that's not all black, you have to think, okay as a worship leader, how do i reach- reach these people how do i um uh tailor my my set to Um, reach as many people as possible. And he was saying that a lot of the times when you lead in that kind of space, uh, a lot of the times people who are not from the Black, Caribbean, African-American background, they just don't know how to sing some of the songs. Like some things that you see as simple because you're so familiar with those kinds of melodies, Uh, some of the other folks can't really follow that you know and so Mm -hmm. i see a, a lot of new gospel music which i like um a lot um following that kind of trend what do you think
1: um well i mean it's a good thing because it shows that while while people are coming up with all these nice crazy arrangements and stuff you have the few that they take a page out of the old school book where you know as much as we want to make a name for ourselves we still got to remember especially in gospel that the most important part of the song is the message All right. now you could create one of the best arrangements ever but if at the end of the day people don't get the message that song was basically a waste of time All right because the lyrics and I know it, it's controversial because a lot of musicians are like well how can you say that like when it's not important but it's I'm being honest yeah. in a song the lyrics are the most important thing
0: yeah.
1: musicians are made to accompany the singer and help to enhance the experience
0: right. yeah the way I see it is kind of like uh, a musician being the vehicle and the delivery driver. <laughs> yeah. and, and and what we're doing is the, delivering the lyrics um, to, um, to the, the person's uh, mind and heart and soul, you know? Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, what we really are is delivery people, you know? And so we have to have something good and something nice to deliver, right?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, if you're you're delivering a pizza. You just want to get the pizza from A to B while it's right. still hot. Right. You don't want to collect the pizza and then you're in the road, you're drag racing this guy, you're doing some <laughs> donuts over there, right. um, you're drifting around the corners and then when you reach there, the pizza's cold.
0: Yeah, you know exactly.
1: Like, <laughs> that's our job. Our job is to get the message to the people in a way that they can enjoy what they're hearing but at the same time, they can be impacted by the message of the song. It's not just for gospel. It's for music in general. Every Absolutely. song has a message.
0: Yeah, man. And um, yeah, I I didn't think about the delivery analogy too much before I said it, but I really like it, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, because it's true. And the thing is, it's a great way to get younger musicians or musicians who are more inexperienced to understand um, their role, um, and in doing so really enhance their craft because very often you'll find, okay, let's say at the end of a a worship song, right. Um, where the energy has dropped, um, and it's kind of more of a meditative space, right. Where people are, you know, thinking or, you know, exhorting and, 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 you know, uh, more inexperienced musician or a musician who doesn't understand the concept of delivery might see uh, a space. A yeah. You, you see a little space and you're like, yeah, boy, I know a lick that would just fit so well in, <laughs> in that space. And it takes some maturity to just say, you know what? That, nick, that, that lick is not needed there. It, it does not help you deliver your message in that moment. You understand? So yeah, man. Yeah. Remember, folks. Um, yeah, be, yeah a good, um, be a good delivery driver. That's all we're saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you basically summed it up there. I mean, a lot of people down here, when they come to me and, like, they're saying, yo, I'm ready to and stuff, I'm saying thanks. But, I mean, I didn't really do much, and that's the key to why you like it. Because a lot of people is like yo, when you get all these crazy ideas, and I've le- like I've leveled with them a lot of times, and I've said really and truly, I don't have as much ideas as you think. What I have is placement.
0: Right. right. I mean,
1: if you know, if you know where something can best be placed to help enhance the music and not just be uh, oh look at me moment. Yeah. Then are A better musician than a lot of people who just think, oh, if I just play every last run that I know on this (laughs) bass between the time the song starts and the time the song's done, you know? Like, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me give you a story, right? Because this is funny to me. What you just said made me remember this. Um, I was playing somewhere. with some guys, right? I'm not going to give any details so nobody uh-huh. <laughs> nobody knows what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I played somewhere with some guys and um a guitarist uh was playing with us and he had a solo in there, right? And he comes in and you know the 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 atmosphere in worship there wasn't it wasn't really people weren't really connecting, right? And so there was a part of the song where he had a solo and this guy was extremely talented, right? And like very, very talented. One of the best guitarists I've ever met. And um, this guy comes in and he cranks his overdrive and he, and he just lays into his solo, you know, and just blazes the solo. And then after the yeah. solo and the whole thing, you know, nobody really reacted. You know, he did a solo, the guy was like, okay, all right, cool, That's that's nice. And after you know, we get back into the green room area or whatever, and the man tells us, Yeah, you know, I don't understand. Nobody react reacted to my solo. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's not about it's not about that, man. It, it's that's not what it's, it's not, about. It's about the delivery, it's, it's about the, the placement, reading the space that you're in. You know?
1: It's not that's where a lot of musicians go wrong. Like they're focusing on the wrong things when it comes to what they should be focusing on while they're playing. Like they're vo- they're focusing on crowd reaction. They're focusing on, oh, that big musician's over there at side stage watching me. Got to make a good impression. <laughs> you know, so that when I come off the stage, you'll be, you know, you got some talent, youngster, anything. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Because... I'm, I've I've helped a lot of people because a lot of people have come to me for my advice, and I've told them, you know, the best thing you can do is, I, I don't tell them to necessarily play for yourself, but think about the music, and think about what you're what you're adding to the music when you're playing. Don't just don't play to impress. Play to enhance. All right. That's what that's like my main thing. That's my whole motto. Like I don't play to impress. I played it in hand. I want at the end of the day, you can come to me same way and say, yo, I liked your playing and I love what it did for the song. Because that's when I feel best. Not when somebody comes and says, yo, I like that run. Or yo, I like when you, when you were doing that slap and pluck part. But <laughs> now nah, I like to hear when people come and say, I like what you did and I like how it helped the music. Because that means they're listening to everything and
0: all right. not just you. All right, all right. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I definitely concur with that. Um, I know you mentioned earlier that what you have more than anything else is placement. How would you say you you developed that placement? And also, how would you encourage people to develop placement? Where does that come from?
1: Well, my placement comes from, but really, really and truly, my placement comes from my father, being yeah. that, when I was growing up, I was one of the wildest dudes ever. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I was, you know, and on my musical journey, my father, he talked to me a lot. And he taught me that, you know, it's not, it's nice when you can play all those things, but it's not just about you. You need to think about the music. And so I I started to, because I love my father, you know, like okay. I respect my father. He's a great musician. and okay. He really motivates me. He's one of my biggest inspirations. And so I really took that to heart. So ever since then, I've always just been looking at my music like, all right, I'm here tracking the songs and I'm saying, all right, the song's going this way. And especially if it's a worship song, like you can feel when the emotions are changing and stuff. And you got to say, all right, I know this idea can help carry the music to where it's going. So, it's all about it's all about that mentality like placement comes with mentality like you have to train your brain to be disciplined enough to analyze music not just play it but analyze it and figure out what fits best because you can have a run that fits but it's different when you have a run that fits properly yeah
0: yeah absolutely so
1: that's what I would say to anybody who wants to develop um, placement is that don't think about music at all, oh, it's just another song. Think about it like it's there in front of you, like it's laid out in front of you. Like it's that old game you used to play as a kid where you have the little cutout shapes and you have the shapes and you need to put them in place yeah think about it like that you're trying to finish the puzzle
0: yeah you're trying to to make the puzzle make as much sense as possible right with the pieces that you had that's it yeah okay yeah that's a really good answer man um so before we wrap up um do you have any questions for me Um,
1: (laughs) um, (laughs) when you coming to Jamaica
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, I, uh, let me tell you something. One of these days, it's going to happen for sure. Um, once all this COVID stuff uh, gets out of the way, man, and, you know, man. I really, am, I'm, am looking forward to to uh, ways that you know uh, we can collaborate across the region, you know, and uh, I, I definitely want to visit uh, everywhere in person um, to to facilitate that for sure. Yeah, man.
1: For sure, man. like I'm just ready for this COVID thing to be over because a lot of pe- I wanted to meet a lot of people. Like I, I wanted to come to Saint Lucia and meet a lot of you guys. <laughs> I wanted to go to um, the Virgin Islands. I wanted to meet Thea. Um,
0: oh yeah.
1: Trip to America, meet Sierra. and then I have some friends in Antigua, um, Josan, that sent his video earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, there are a lot of guys where we're just like. Like if you ever saw the conversations between us, you thought we've known each other for years, <laughs> but really and truly, it's just like a couple months. But right. the the way how we just connect with each other, and everybody is just so straightforward and humble with each other. It, right. It's amazing, and just the idea of getting to meet them one day—it's amazing.
0: Yeah, man, and it's going to happen. All we have to do is just be patient, you know, and uh, yeah, it'll happen. For sure,
1: get mask everybody.
0: <laughs> keep keep the mask on to make sure we get back to normal. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, you know, I was going to bring up the whole U.S. election thing, but you know, I'm kind of glad we didn't talk about it because everybody else will talk about it. You know, so the listeners, y- y'all don't really need to hear about it from us, okay?
1: You're <laughs> not. Hey, there are a lot of live streams on YouTube. If you want to know what's happening there, YouTube.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, Uh, most definitely. Um, So I I, I make it a habit and tradition to always ask any guest to uh, use this platform to say anything that you would like to just imagine all the musicians of the Caribbean region uh, sitting right in front of you right now, waiting for you to say something. What do you say to them?
1: Well, first, I'd want to say to those that, because this is a real situation where a lot of guys, especially now in the COVID time where business is slow, a lot of guys are getting dejected from music because, you know, money might not be rolling in as much as it should yeah. or they're, they're just losing their passion. Um, I would say just stay strong and be true to yourself because, in the end things must get better and the world needs us, like the world needs music and the world needs musicians and singers and especially here in the Caribbean, like, I know a lot of people talk about, oh you know, America's like the music mecca of the world, like all the, the aliens are there, you know, <laughs> but we've got some amazing people here in the Caribbean a lot of amazing people and I would just want to encourage everybody to just Keep believing in yourselves. Keep pushing. Never, ever believe you're not good enough, because that's where that's where it all starts. The mind. Once you believe something, all if you right. believe you're good enough, it will affect your whole approach. It will affect your whole demeanor. It will affect everything for you. So I'll just say: be confident. Be true. Stay humble. Stay humble. Mm-hmm. Humble. Humbleness will carry you far. Humility. That should be, like, right here with you as a musician.
0: Right. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. And, and that was very, very well said. I think you were practicing that because that, <laughs> that was beautifully said. Yeah, that was very well said, man. And uh, Next president, uh, next president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, absolutely respect for that, man. Um, and I hope the listeners really appreciate that sentiment because, uh, uh, those are, those are very key concepts I believe to success, uh, on this musical journey that we're all on. All right. Um, so boss, if there's nothing else, it's been good having you in the green room with me today. Um, uh, yeah, the guys in the arena, uh, if you're, if you're looking at this, let me know if you want to join in, uh, we can talk about it. Uh, this has been a great episode. I really enjoyed talking to you, and um, hopefully, we can do this again sometime. Sure, man. Yeah. All right. Have Have a good night, Never. boss. <laughs> Simply.